And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up, you tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on, let's begin. This is episode number 81. Not sure if there's going to be an 82, but thank you for joining. For all of our savvy listeners out there, you might have noticed that we skipped episode 80. 80 has actually been ready to go for a few weeks now, but we've been delayed on its release for a couple of reasons. Anyway, we have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we're talking about competing in small divisions like Youth 4, Youth 5, and the pros and cons of that. We have a new segment that I'm excited to introduce to you guys. Plus, we have a very inspirational quote of the week, so prepare to be inspired. But before we get into that, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone who loves cheer as much as you do. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. You'll want to subscribe because we either have a great, interesting conversation going on each week or just flat out an awesome guest and you do not want to miss out on any of that. Thank you again for joining the show. Now, guys, I'm not sure what happened, but we went zero to 100 real quick with the people making donations to the show. So shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, and our newest supporters, Adriana, Chanel, and Tamara. I really, really, truly appreciate you guys. Now, for anyone wanting to know what the money actually goes towards, well, it's all for your listening pleasure. I mentioned this in episode 80, which you guys haven't heard yet, but I have a new microphone, which guys, I absolutely love and you guys are going to love it as well and this is actually the first full episode i get to use it i used it for the opening on episode 80 but the rest of the episode was recorded on the old microphone but again absolutely love this microphone you're gonna love it too the recording software that we use is way better than what we used before you know before Brittany and i were on zoom and in zoom just isn't made for recording podcasts so the recording software we use now for the episode is like way better and that obviously costs money and then shout out to the podcast actually as an editor now so shout out to jenny so jenny's literally listening to this right now and you know editing the episode so shout out to jenny she's the best love having you be a part of the team so donations go towards making sure that jenny gets paid and then one of these days we might actually pay be more for showing up each and every week not to mention i still want to get into that mastermind group but that mastermind group you know it costs money money so anyway Thanks again for everyone who supports financially. And if you want to support the podcast financially, that link is in the show notes. Also in the show notes, if you have a question that you want answered on the show, you could submit it by clicking the link in the show notes. Let us know what your question is, and we'll be sure to answer it on the show. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a real-life cheer mom who represents you, parent listeners, and asks all the questions that you parents have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. Are you ready to have a great episode today? I sure am. So let's hop straight into that sounds like that question of the week. The official sponsor and music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and our American Cheer Music B. We actually have music. I'm not sure what our exact delivery date is or delivery dates are. We have two delivery dates for the elite teams and the prep teams. But we do have music coming up soon. It could be we could actually have music by time this podcast release maybe not like youth whites or youth blacks but we could have someone's music in our inbox by time this music or by time this episode releases i don't know that's for sure but it is coming up very quick yeah so if you want fire music just like we do you know sounds like that.com link in the show notes and you know tell them that we sent you b all right hit us up with the uh sounds like that question of the week all right question of the week is what's your opinion on gyms creating teams in very small divisions, such as a youth four slash youth five, where they have very little likelihood of ever seeing another team in their division. 
That is a great question. What's my opinion on teams creating youth fours or youth fives in their super small divisions? And, you know, they're probably not going to ever compete against anyone. So that is a catch 22. So I'll give you, I guess, the pros and cons of that. And then, you know, we'll take it from there. We'll get your opinion on it. But yeah, those are youth five, youth four, very small divisions and there's not a lot of teams in the country that actually field those divisions. I mean, we have a youth, we have a medium youth three and there aren't a ton of those even there's a lot of small youth threes. There aren't a ton of medium youth threes, but you know, even though, so I think they're great for skill development and you want kids to learn as much as they can while they are still young. I'm sure I have said this a billion times on the podcast. I know I've said it before, like at the gym, but my buddy told me this, Jason, you want to teach these girls everything they need to learn before they turn 14. And he said, before they discover what boys are, before they discover what boys are, you want them to learn as much as you can, because after that, you will never see them in the gym again. And so that age group, it's great to push the skills and because those kids are just hungry. The only thing those kids care about at that age is cheerleading and they live it and they breathe it and they sleep it. And, you know, I'm sure you're at home and the only thing they want to talk about is cheerleading. And they're stretching. I hear parents at that age all the time. We're like, you know, we can't get her to stop doing cheerleading, right? And those kids live in the gym. And then after a certain age, they start, you know, they discover what boys are and they start having and wanting to develop a social life. And so you can't get them in the gym anymore. It's really hard to get them to practice, let alone get them to do, you know, an extra class or this to try to build up those skills. So when having a team like a youth four, a youth five, I would recommend it because again, Youth Black and Senior Red now practice together. So our Youth 3 and our Senior 4 now practice together on Thursday evenings, right? So yeah, they come in at the same time, uh, and you already know this, but they come in at the same time, they practice together, it's a joint practice, and then they go. So we just started this, what, three weeks ago or so? And it's so funny to see the different dynamics between the two teams. Youth 3 gets in there super early. You know, they're in there 30 minutes before practice starts, jumping around on the trampolines, on the tumble tracks, on the rod floor working on new skills, right? And so I saw this at our last practice on Thursday because they both come in, practice starts at five o'clock. The youth three kids are all over the gym. They're having open gym and they're running around the trampolines and like I said, the tumble tracks, the rod floor, doing all sorts of, you know, working on skills. And I see all the senior red kids, the senior four kids, and they're all over huddled up in some corner and they all have their phones out just talking about, you know, their day, right? Just going, you know, just catching up with whatever. And you could just tell they're just catching up socially, right? And it's so funny. I like, I wanted to record it just to see, to have like the stark difference between those two age groups, like these youth age kids who just care about cheerleading, nothing else matters in their life. And then the senior age kids who now have developed more of a social life. So that's what I like about the youth four, youth five, but it is a catch 22 because you're probably not going to compete against anyone. And so that really is the trade-off. If you have a youth four or youth five in your gym, I think it's safe to assume that you have higher level senior teams. I'm assuming anyone with a youth five in their gym, unless they just do it together, just a bunch of hodgepodge kids, the most random kids in the world. I am assuming if there's a youth five in that gym, that they have a world's team, that they have a senior level six or an international six, or they have a world's team for those kids to go to eventually. And the likelihood of a kid going from a youth five to a world's team it's probably got to be the greatest odds of making a world's team. Like if there was statistics on it, hey, which team sends the most kids to a world's team, like highest percentage, I would guarantee it's got to be a youth five, that youth five sends the most kids to a world's that eventually make it onto a world's team. So assuming your program has a youth five and assuming it has a world's team, just talking about cheerleading, not talking about anything else, just talking about cheerleading and skill development, that is where you would want your child to be on that youth five to get those skills. Cause then eventually they're going to be, they're on that fast track to a world's team. And I guess you could probably say the same thing for a youth four. youth four, my respect for youth teams went through the roof. When I started coaching youth three, three or four years ago, Ashley used to have a youth three team. I had a senior three team or we both coached a senior three team while she had a youth three team. This back at PCM. And I remember 
they are doing this stuff and you know she's training them like ah you need to up the difficulty with these kids they need to be doing this if i was coaching them we'd be doing this we'd be doing this we'd be doing this and you know she never really said anything about you don't understand they're youth kids she never really said anything and then i started coaching youth three a few years ago and was like oh no i started coaching youth two a couple years ago and was like oh these kids are like young and you know they barely understand english at this point like these kids just they just learned how to walk right like this is crazy you you two kids are wild and uh then we start coaching youth three i'm like man this is just i cannot believe youth three is a challenge at times right and so i can't imagine youth four and youth five like those are some really talented kids and some really talented coaches in that dynamic, right? If they're doing it the right way. So assuming all that's going around, I'm not even sure what the point is, but the point is if you can get on one of those teams, it like puts you in a better position to make a, one of those desired senior teams in the uh, future. Not to mention it's a low, if there's no competition, it's a low pressure environment for the kids to actually fail and not feel like they are failing, right? And so when we built the youth three a couple years ago, we lowered the standard of the athlete that we put on the team, right? You know, we had our standards for what we felt would be a strong team. And we held that across the board for all of our teams. But when we made the youth three that very first year, we lowered that standard. We really took away the running tumbling aspect of it and just stuck to the standard tumbling aspect of it and said well if they can meet the standing tumbling aspect we'll just train them hard and you know we'll figure it out from there and so i remember telling the parents like hey guys we kind of lowered the standard on this team so i wouldn't expect this to be the same caliber of teams that we typically put out every year because this is a little bit you know of an experimental year for us with these kids and we want to train and get them on a fast track to like you know higher level teams and that was you know that was an understanding that we had from the beginning that we gave to the parents right and i would say the same thing thing with a youth four, youth five. I don't know if it's necessarily about going out there and competing against the best, but I really feel like it's more about training the athletes so that they can be on great teams in the future. I just told a kid the other day that literally we were at youth black and she was looking over at the banners. And so we're in the Southwest gym. We have the NCA, only the NCA and the summit banners up. And she was, I just caught her staring off at the banners. And I said something like, that's why we're training so hard. So we can go win those. And she's like, but we don't go to summit. And I'm like, yeah, but we're training this hard right now. So you can win summit in the future, kiddo. Like this is for the future. And you know, she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this isn't about right now. This is about, so you guys can be the very best you guys can be for future teams. Right. So I think it's, it gives them a good low pressure environment where they're probably not going to see a whole ton of competition that season, but they'll be able to go out there and develop those skills and train those skills and make them even more solid for the next year. And hopefully for future teams because they can learn these basic techniques now you know we're really specific on the way that we stunt and if they can learn you know those grips and using their legs and just all of our basic training that we do with our teams right now that will and it should take them and they should be able to apply those things in future levels and then be able to do even harder things i remember youth black a couple years ago telling them you guys would be way better than you know because they practice with senior red or right after senior red or sorry right before senior red i was like you guys like that team you guys think they're good y'all gonna be way better than them because you guys are learning this stuff right now and then in the future you know you're gonna laugh at the stuff that they do like you're gonna you think this stuff is good wait till you guys are on this team we're doing all sorts of crazy hard stuff right so you know that is just my uh opinion but i do know it sucks not to go out there and compete because no one wants to spend all this money for exhibitions all season long this is one of those divisions that i would make an exception for not having a ton of competition but uh, i do understand a parents or anyone even the kids or the coaches i do understand anyone's grievance or apprehension about not having a ton of competition in one of those divisions youth four youth five and all those things but teams you know gyms can only do what they can do it's not a gym's job to put together teams in competitive divisions gyms should do what's best for their gym and their athletes and every gym should do that and hopefully things align but i shouldn't you know i don't think you should hold the kids back and go well you know there's more competition in youth three so instead of you guys being youth four this year all you guys work super hard in your layouts all you guys have combo through this but since there's no division competition this year we're going to water you guys down to youth three I don't know if that's necessarily fair to those kids, unless there's an understanding that we want to be youth three and we want to go and actually compete against kids. And so, you know, communication. Anyway, I'll toss it over to you, B. I think what 
what you said about them like being on a youth team and like learning like those specific sets of skills and you know to develop it I understand the concept behind it and I think it's great but as a parent like if my kid's not going to compete against people you know I mean I would rather spend the money and put them in extra classes than to be on a team where they're not going to compete against anybody that's just my opinion and I think it's a good opinion to have I understand that opinion but I think that is if you're going to that's on the very micro level that is the snapshot of just the season well if we're talking about over the course of my daughter's been cheering since she was six and she's going to cheer until she's 18 and i want her to be again if they have a world if they have a youth five youth four it's very likely that they have a world's team so here's the question would you rather delay your athlete's opportunity to be on a world's team so they can compete in the fifth grade against someone or would you rather get them onto a world's team faster so they can go and compete against, you know, really at the best of the best, like the top part of our sport, right? I think that parents should look at that question because you can always make, well, I'd rather eat cake right now. Cake is much better than broccoli. Cake just tastes better. Yeah, I get that, but it's not as good for you. I understand that it tastes better right now, but it's not as good for you than eating, than sucking it up right for right now and eating some broccoli, right? And so, yeah, if your daughter's only going to compete one year, if it is her only year of cheerleading or her last year of cheerleading, I, I get that. Assuming, again, I, I think it's a very high probability that if there's a youth four, a definitely a youth five, that they have a world's team. Because people usually take their best athletes and throw them onto the highest level team that they can. And if they have those things and they're, there's a world's team there, I think most kids won't get to that level. They're trying to get onto that world's team, right? They're trying to get into that most prestigious team. And so me personally, again, you can get disagree with me. And I'll give you the opportunity to disagree with me again. Hey, you disagree with me, B. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, keep on disagreeing with me, B. Don't, don't, no, don't flip. Don't flip. No, the people flipping. don't like it when you agree with me. <laughs> I'm not flipping, but when you put it that way, that would be a conversation that I would have to have, like me and my husband would have to have with our daughters. And, you know, most people might not know this, but I, I like fully take into consideration what the girls want, what they think. And I explain things to them. And so I would, if I was in that situation, I would explain it to them exactly how you explained it to me. Like, do you want to sacrifice one year of upping your skills and training hard to potentially next season make a world's team or the season after that? Or do you want to compete right now? And honestly, if my children told me I want to compete, then I would say I no to the youth four or five team. If they said, oh, I want to make a world's team, then I would say, okay, then I would explain to them what it's going to take and for them to make sure that they realize like you're not, you're probably not going to be competing very much like you might compete but you might not have any competition and I think that's Mm -hmm. another thing too is that you can go and you can compete but you're not going to have any competition off the top of my head I can tell you one of the girls is going to say okay well we automatically get medals then I'm going to have more medals (laughs) so she's not really going to probably care but if it was just my decision I probably would say no but then I would also really truly ask my kids because it's their sport it's the sport that they love like I'm not I don't want to like vicariously be living through them you know if that's something that they want to do in the future then yeah. that then we'll do what we have to do no i hear you hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Everyone out there, hope you're listening. Brittany Moore, be more, disagreed with me. This was not planned. We didn't plan this. She disagreed with me. So for everyone who says Brittany is too agreeable, there you go. Straight out the, coming out the gate disagreeing with me.
There's All right, here we go, people. We don't agree on, or that I don't agree on, but you know. Oh. <laughs> we can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree, but put your kids on that youth five. That's all I do. I would think about it. Anyway. All right, here we go. New segment, B. We got a new segment right here. I was searching through Facebook the other day, searching through the Facebook groups, you know, trying to come up with ideas for the show. And I was like, okay, well, let's do like a, a coach's comment. We haven't done one of those in a while. So I was trying to search through the Facebook groups to see what topic, what's going on in cheerleading that I wanted to comment on. So I'm searching through and I, I scrolled forever on one, on one page and didn't really see anything. Went to another page, scrolled, didn't see anything. Went to another page, scrolled, didn't see anything. I'm like, man, what are we going to talk about? Like, maybe we should not, maybe we should do a cheer A to Z. I was like, I really don't want to do cheer A to Z. So I'm trying to think what we should do. And I remembered that I had gotten a little bit of traction on this TikTok post that I did. I've been trying to be more active on TikTok posts a little bit more. And so I saw something got a lot, a little traction on there. And people were mad at me, like in the comments. And I'm like, man, y'all mad, mad. So so um i need to go look at this i talk. it was like yeah it was good it was good hey keep them coming people y'all can disagree with me all you want not not only b has to disagree with me everyone out there in you know tiktok lane can disagree with me as well so i decided oh let's that'd be cool we can talk about this on the show and i could really expand on you know what i was trying to say and so especially if that keeps happening then we can have a new segment to introduce to the show tick tock cheer talk which is exactly what it sounds like we're going to talk about cheerleading things that are happening on TikTok. Exactly the same way we do coaches' comments or we refer to things happening in the industry that, that coaches say on Facebook or the same way that we do what's popping with the parents, how Brittany brings up topics that parents are talking about on Facebook. This is topics happening that originate on TikTok. So again, been trying to post a little bit more there. So if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's jasonc.larkins. You can follow me there. If you want to follow B more, you can follow her there as well. And it's at twin mom 2010 you know i post a lot of cheer stuff that's actually where we're gonna be posting all of the um like the clips and things that come from the show like the individual segments also do more just random cheer things so there's a lot more random cheer stuff that doesn't actually make it onto the show so if you just want to if you just like hearing my opinion on cheerleading you can follow us over there on uh, TikTok. So a long time ago, we took a segment from the show and I was talking about my feelings on new divisions. And I was talking about why I, I really don't mind new divisions in the sport. I think it gives athletes, new athletes, the opportunity to join the sport, right? And I said, just I didn't mind it. And cut that up. Put that little clip on TikTok. And this was a long time ago. Put that little clip on TikTok. And someone commented, no, I think, actually, let me read it. The comment on that TikTok was, don't mind the divisions. However, I do think we need a division three in cheer for the larger mega gyms. And so then I did a video response to that comment and said something like, I disagree with that take. If we were going to do a D3, three divisions in cheerleading, right now, obviously, we have D1, D2. If we did a D3. I don't think it should be D2, same as it is. D1, basically the same as it is, except we take out all the super mega gyms, cheer athletics, stingrays, and you know, put all of them in their one category. I don't think we should do that. I think that we should, if we went to three divisions, lower the number for D2, or sorry, lower the number for D1. Right now, D1 is 125 athletes. And my suggestion was lower it to 100 athletes and then beef up the, oh no, it wasn't make three divisions. It was just create two divisions. It will still have two, just lower the d division one bar and just even it out a little bit more. And my point was that there aren't a ton of those mega gyms out there. There, there really aren't. There's, you know, on the West Coast, there's, and depends on what you want to set the number at. But California All-Stars is definitely the largest one on the West Coast. After that, I would guess it would be, I don't, it depends on what the number is. But it would either be Cheer Force or NorCal. I'm not really quite sure who's bigger between the two of them. It'd be Cheer Force or NorCal. But neither one of them are nearly as big as California All-Stars. So most likely California All-Stars would be by itself. And they would compete against no one all season. Uh, there's more big gyms in Texas. So Cheer Athletics would definitely be in there. They're the biggest you know, gym in the nation. So Cheer Athletics would be there. I'm guessing Woodlands Elite would be in there. And I, again, depending on what the number was, there just aren't 
that many big gyms. And then Stingrays is a huge operation. They would be in there. But again, Cheer Extreme World Cup, there aren't a ton of gyms are operating with tons of athletes in their gym enough to split them off into their own division and then for them to have healthy competition each weekend, right? And so here's where it sounds like you agree with me because you didn't even want to split off for one year for one season. This would split you off forever. Again, there is no one the size of California All-Stars. They would not compete against anyone all season long. No one's that big on the West Coast until they got to NCA or until they got the summit, unless they went, they just decided to do a whole big travel competition and they only went to the huge major national championships. But, you know, junior level one, they're not going to compete against anyone all season long until they reach, you know, one of these big national events. So anyway, but people were mad, mad at me in the comments, like mad, mad about (laughs) me suggesting that we lower the 125 bar to 100 athletes and then just take some kids from D2 or some programs from D2 and move them over to the D1 to even out the uh, playing field a little bit. Anyway, I guess you can answer this. Do you think there should be a D3 and we split off the big mega gyms off by themselves and they compete against only big mega gyms? Or do you think we should lower the bar from 100? Right now it's 125 athletes to be a D1. I suggested lowering the lowering that down to a hundred athletes. So we have more teams in division one and take it from there. Or if you have another suggestion, you know, you could throw it out there. Or if you're like, Jason, I don't know that much about cheerleading. You just tell me what you think and I'll let you know how I feel about it. No, I think there could be like a balance somewhere. Like, I don't think you, there should be like a D3, like against the mega gyms, just because some, not necessarily us, but some gyms, like if they compete against them, like that's what they look forward to all year. Right. Like if you're going to be the winner, Mm -hmm. like you defeated the best of the best. And that's kind of how I feel that too. But there also could be a little bit of give from the D1. I I get that because there's competitions that we've went to where, you know, for D1, there's 15 teams in a junior one. And then in a D2, there's five. I, I think there could be some type of balance. And maybe it could be, you know, a D1 team really wants to compete with a D2 team. So they sign a waiver saying, yes, we understand that, you know, if we lose, we lose. So then they can have that opportunity to step <laughs> up and compete with a D2 team or, you know, and they could come in and sweep it. I mean, it could be great. I think there could be some type of balance like that. I don't think there should be a D3. And I think if there's certain teams that would like to like to compete in a D2, but they can't because of the size of their gym, that they should be able to sign a waiver to compete with D2. Well, they can't do that. Well, I know, but you know, well, real quick, you could, why not? Why couldn't you? No, because that's the point of having D2. Because if they could do that, then everyone would just sign up for D2 and be like, hey, well, let's compete D2. Okay, but on that note, maybe you add some contingencies. Okay, you have, this team has scored in a certain percentile all season long and we're, you know, because you can't do it year by year because teams change every year. So Mm -hmm. this team has scored in a certain percentile all year long with, you know, a top 5% score or whatever, you know, really high score. So X competition, we will allow them to do that, you know? Wait, real quick, because it sounds like you're saying something. Are you saying, I feel like you're switching D1 and D2. Are you saying D2s compete in a D1 division or D1s compete in a D2 division? D1 compete in D2. No, I'm sorry. Back no, they wouldn't allow that at all. D2 yeah. Okay. In thank D1. you. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So that is allowed. D2s are allowed to compete in a D1 division. So they used to do I didn't a know few that. years ago. They just made this change. Yeah. They just made this change not too long ago. But right now, so back in the day, D2 gyms were able to compete in, in any division they want, Division One or Division Two, with any team that they wanted. So you could have your youth level one. So D2s could go, oh, the competition's really heavy in Division 2 this weekend, but it's actually pretty light in Division 1. Let's take our youth one and compete them D1. But it's the opposite for junior level two. Let's keep, it's really stacked in D1, so let's keep the junior two as a D2, and D2s had the opportunity or had the, could do that. They could just switch all their teams all the same weekend, have them compete, and they could do that. They could go back and forth all season long, And there was nothing wrong with it. It was completely fair and legal. Anyway, 
D1s are like, yo, y'all keep doing this. Y'all keep hopping back and forth between divisions. Like, pick a lane and stay in it, people. Like, sometimes you're D1 and you go, oh, you know, sometimes you're you're D2 because you don't want to compete against D1s until you find it to be advantageous for you. Then you want to go D1 because you're trying to find, like, the easy road out. So they put a stop to that a couple years ago. So it's, it's a pretty brand new rule. It's like only, it's less than five years old. So now if you compete D1, then all of your teams compete D1. And that is the rule of this now. So if you decide that you want to go D1 with one team, then your entire gym goes D1 for the entire season. But several teams do take that route where for whatever reason, they just feel it's the best for their situation. I know Hero Athletics did it. Shout out to Hero. Shout out to DJ and Allie out there. But they had their international team and they only have, they don't have a D2 international. It's only the international, which competes at the summit. They don't offer it at the D2 summit. And so they didn't want to have back-to-back weekends And so instead of having back-to-back weekends at the summit, they just said, well, we're having these international teams and everyone else, you guys are going to compete D1 all season. And so you guys have to make, you know, the regular summit, right? But there are several other gyms that for whatever reason, they take the the route of just competing D1 all season long. So they can do that. But there is, when you said it the other way, I was like, there's no way in the world they're going to let D1s just say, hey, we want to be D2 this weekend. That ain't flying. So, um... (laughs) Sorry, I was a little little flustered there for you know how people threw their phones <laughs> yeah they're probably like this lady what she don't even know what she's talking about get her off of there jason like bring back a yeah. guest <laughs> yeah so so yeah they can do that uh, if they want they just can't you know i, I like the, the way the rule set up now anyway i feel if we were to split it this is just to come back to what they said about me on TikTok. So if you're like, you're crazy. I'm like, I'm crazy. <laughs> so if we're going to split into three divisions, the split should come at the bottom, not at the top, right? There are far more D2 programs than there are D1 programs. Oh, you said that. So I'll correct you on that. Uh, you said sometimes we go to competitions and there's five, you know, there's 15 junior level ones in D1 and there's, you know, only five in D2. That's rarely ever the case. There's always way more D2 divisions, especially in the lower levels. Maybe as we get to the higher level, there's not as many. You know, we get the senior five. There's more D1s than D2s or more world teams. I guess worlds all can be in the same division. But as we get higher, there's more D1s. But at the lower levels, there's way more division twos. The, you know, youth level one, junior level one, junior two there's always an abundance of those kids for the d2s and less of them comparatively to to division one but there are far more division two programs out there than division one programs out there so if there's gonna be a split someone gave me this someone put this in the comments i have no idea how accurate it is but someone said d2s make up 83 percent of the gyms if that is true, then why split the 17% and make, you know, split that in half and have the 80, you know, have one chunk of 83 and then, you know, these two big chunks of what is that 16 and a half. And it's not even 16 and a half because there's far, there's not that many mega gyms out there. There's only like five mega gyms in the whole country. There's less than 30 gyms we consider like mega gyms in the whole country. And those 30, and it's not even 30. It's probably more like 20. Anyway. It just makes no sense to me to split it at the top when you should split it at the bottom. So so the number to be a D1 is 250, right? No, 125. Oh, okay. So yeah, I said split it, make it 100. Because here's the other thing. There are a lot of D1 gyms masquerading as D2 gyms. They have 125 kids out there. Okay, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of gyms out there with 125 athletes in them who claim because you're only they only count the kids you have in the USASF. And so you can have kids compete non USASF event like, hey, guys, you just walked into our gym. You're great. You're not going to be in our program or you're going to be in our program. You're not going to be on one of our elite teams or one of our prep teams. You're going to be on this show team and you guys are going to go to. You know, you guys are going to cheer at football games. You guys are going to cheer at this competition no one's ever heard of ever before, right? And and they don't have to count those people as their 
towards their numbers, right? And they keep under that 125 range. And so if that number lowered, then you can just add as many kids to your program as you want. Because once you're D1, you're D1. It doesn't really matter anymore. But I see this all the time on coaches' pages where D2 programs go, what, you think we're trying not to grow our gyms? You think we're trying to stay D? You think we're denying kids at the door so we could stay D2? Yes. Now, maybe not every gym out there is, but 100%, and I know this as fact, that there are D2 gyms out there who hide kids. This is a fact. Hide kids out there so that they don't go D1. 100%, I know it for fact. Where they don't have to hide kids. And, you know, it happens. It ha- and, and if I were in their position, I might do the same thing too. You have 124 kids in your gym and you're, you know, D2 and some kid walks in off the street and they've never done anything. I'm like literally off the street. They're 17 years old, never cheered before. They can't do a forward roll. They're like, I want to cheer. And you're like, our whole program is going to have to go D1 because of this kid who's going to be on our senior prep team. Not, nah, hey kid, you know what? We'd love to have you. We just don't have any more room on these teams. You can take some tumbling classes, right? That's that's the road I would go down. You're going to take some tumbling. We're going to get your tumbling all beefed up, and then you're going to try out next year, right? So that, I, I guarantee you that's happening at every gym. That's happening at a lot of D2 gyms. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So anyway, that's our new segment. Again, if you want to catch up on other things we're talking about that don't happen on the show, follow us on TikTok at JasonC.Larkins at TwinMom2010. You can also follow us on Instagram to B.MoreTriple underscore Jason Larkins on the IG. Oh, question of the week. I didn't say this during the question of the week. Guys, we have tons of questions for the question of the week, but we still need more. So DM us, link in the description for Instagram, link in the description. If you want to just put questions in there, you can leave your name, you can leave them anonymously, but keep the questions rolling. That's what drives the show are your questions. Just a little disclaimer. My TikTok is just for fun. It's not like Jason's. (laughs) Don't follow her. Her kids are in in um, car, in in police cars. She's getting them to fight the neighbors. No, it was not. No, if you follow me, you'll if you watch you you'll see. But but don't be judging me, okay? Um, and also I did change my Instagram to private, so you do have to request me. I had some issues that arose with that. Okay, here we go. Let's get into that quote of the week, guys. We've done a quote of the week in so long. I'm pretty excited about this one. I like this one a lot. So B, I got invited to an event called Principal Partners. Not sure if you've heard of it before, but all the schools, uh, all the schools in the Kern County High School District do it on the same day. And they just invite people in the in the neighborhood, in the town right here to visit the school. And it was kind of like it was like a mix between a recruit visit that we used to do when I was at CBU, where we'd invite people on campus, like athletes on campus and their families, and show them around campus and try to like say, hey, this is why you want to come to school here at CBU. And we just show them all the highs of the school. Here go, here's the cafeteria, and here, here are the dorms, and here are the classrooms, and here's this, and you know, sit down with us, practice with us, right? Right. It kind of felt like that, where they were just like, presenting the school to us but you know they weren't recruiting me to go to i went to liberties so they weren't recruiting me to go to liberty but it it felt like that and it was kind of a i also got a mix of or a feel of like what you do for donors right hey we want you to donate to our program let's show you around the school here's what your money would go towards this type of thing but it wasn't either one of those things they weren't recruiting me to go to the school and they weren't asking for donations but that's how it felt it was really really just like at the end of the day the only thing i can really think that it really was for was just for good pr just to show people in the community what the school was doing what you know what the facilities looked like they took us to the c-tech building um over by independence i'm not sure if you've driven by it or seen it before but they took us to c-tech and really great building and 
Anyway, so we're on campus. We talked with a bunch of seniors uh, on campus. They mentioned, they brought up, they showed us all these cool programs that they offer the students now. Like high school now for these kids is totally different than when we went to high school. It's super cool. The uh, I was really, really impressed with the education that our students in high school are getting and how like tailor-made it can be for these individuals, especially if they know like what they want to do with their future. It, it was super cool, like these different electives that they're offering. And so we talked to a bunch of different students. These students made all these presentations. And then we went and visited all these classrooms and got to see the students in class and got to talk to the students there. Anyway, this one class we went to, I don't know, like AP economics and went and sat in that classroom for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And this one classroom had a bunch of uh, quotes along the wall. And so I'm looking at all the quotes and looking at everything and saw our quote of the week. And it said, if all you can do is crawl, then crawl. And I absolutely love that. And so here's how, here's what I thought about when um, I read that quote. So we've been having absences like crazy. You know how it is. We, you know, everyone's dealing with them. We've been having absences and, you know, it gets really hard to build momentum. Like when you have just constant absences, right. And, and obviously, especially our younger coaches, they get discouraged and all coaches everywhere. You know, even me, I'll get discouraged when we have just a constant stream of absences going on. And, you know, cause the fact of the matter is you're not as productive at practice when you don't have kids at practice, you're far more productive when you actually have kids at practice. And so it's, it gets easy to get discouraged and all those things. So I've been trying to remind our coaches, like no matter who is at practice or what happens, make today the very best practice that you can, regardless of who's at practice and who's missing and what's going on. Because I think as coaches, we always feel like we're the only ones missing kids. And therefore, we're at a disadvantage because our competition is over there having perfect practices with all of their kids at the gym, and they're going to be so far ahead of us. But the fact of the matter is all all of us are dealing with the same issues. All coaches are dealing with athletes missing. All coaches are dealing with athletes who are injured. All coaches are dealing with, you know, just their game plan not working out. Like we're all dealing with these, these same issues everywhere. And so it just reminded me, like, if all you can do is crawl, then crawl, you know, and just make, make the best and, you know, keep crawling until you're able to walk and keep walking until you're able to run and keep running until you're able to speak sprint, you know? And so to all the coaches out there, know we're all dealing with the same issues. And if you have 15 kids show up at practice, right? On a 30 person team, 15 might be, oh, we got two extra kids here today. But if you're dealing with 50% of your kids, you know, zero stunt groups, then you're cleaning dance, you're working tumbling, you're working jumps, right? You're working all of those different things that don't require you to do stunt. And when you have kids that are there, right, you're missing only two kids, then coach is out there and coach has got to be a back spot for the day or coach has got to be a main base for the day. And, you know, if all you can do is crawl, then crawl, you know? So there we go. That's the uh, the quote of the week. I hope that serves as encouragement to all of our coaches out there and to you, Brittany, if all you can do is crawl right now, then you crawl out there too. I'm going to be crawling no matter what. But okay, so on the like topic of absences, because I under I understand, believe it or not, I was a junior high cheer coach uh, many, many moons ago. But do you ever like, I mean, an absence is an absence no matter what. But do you feel like sometimes when you get like an email of, oh, little Kinsley is sick and you don't really get those emails very often or like certain athletes, like you don't really get emails that they're sick very often. So does that, is that kind of like, okay, that one's like, I mean, I know it's a big deal, but that one's not really that big of a deal because it doesn't happen very often. Do you ever get that feeling? Does that make sense? Never with an individual athlete will I go, she never misses, so it's okay. I only get that feeling. This actually is happening currently right now. One of our teams. One team, the flyer got hurt, so she couldn't stunt for a couple weeks. After that, the back spot had to miss practice because of X, Y, and Z. So right, so as soon as the athlete was able, as soon as the flyer was able to come back, the back spot was then had to miss practice for whatever. And then after that, like literally it's back to back to back. Right after that, the main base 
had to miss because of whatever reason. And then that was, you know, okay. And then they get a practice in, right? And then right after that, the secondary base wanted to miss because of X, Y, and Z. And so no matter how good their excuse is, that stunt group is behind, right? No matter how good their excuses are, that stunt group is behind. So it's not, I can't look at it as an individual. Hey, that individual never misses practice, so it's okay. Because it's not an individual sport. If it were an individual sport for tennis, like, oh, well, she's always here. She's only sick this one time. One day off isn't going to kill her. But the absences compound on each other, right? And this is this is a very true story. It was the flyer, then the back spot, then the second, or sorry, then the main, then the second. All missing practice within the same month, right? There's only eight practices in a month, right? So, right, so that has a, a real, so I can't go, well, it's not a big deal because you never miss because while that kid, all the kids might as well miss when one kid misses. The whole stunt group isn't able to stunt when one kid is missing. And so if the stunt group is stellar, right? The stunt group is stellar and the one kid misses, then it's like, okay, well, at least they're where they're supposed to be and and we're going to be okay. You know, as a part of a stunt group, you're in a dependent position. And so that's the, that's the real hard part. That's the one thing you said it exactly from a parent's perspective. And I think the thing that parents don't understand is that exact situation I painted out for you right there is that when one kid's missing, all of them might as well be missing, you know, as far as stunting is concerned, you know, cause I can't do anything anyway. Like, you know, so I go, yeah, I get it. You never miss or your stunt group hasn't been here in forever. And we haven't worked on pyramid in forever. And we haven't worked on baskets in forever. And we got things to do, people. So, but if the stunt group is all fantastic, then this is very true. We let Senior Red, Senior Red, minus their pyramid. Senior Red has been doing a stellar job. We had to get a new pyramid because of our numbers on the team changed. We went from so many kids and we lost the stunt group. So they've been doing a stellar job, right? They've been doing a great job at practice. Really impressed with everything Senior Red's been doing. And they want to go to the Pitbull concert. And I go, man, the whole team has been been rocking everyone's been coming to practice i'm not fighting with high school kids you know going to cheer at games and all these things everyone's been at practice things have worked out we're looking good we're looking strong all right guys the team can go to the pitbull concert or you can have the day off you don't have to go to the pitbull concert right but in that instance the team was looking good and so now the team i don't care the whole team misses right the whole team can miss if we look good but when the team doesn't look good i need everyone there at practice right so because it's a team sport and that's like the hardest part yeah no i get it i mean i think it's hard for a lot of parents to think of it from the coach's perspective like you just described i know for me it's hard to think of it that way but I think it's vice versa I think from the coach's perspective it's hard for you to think the way the parents think so there's that no it's easy for me to think that I can go oh yeah I get it I I go I get it she hasn't missed the thing I can't do as a coach or we would not have a program I can think the way parents think but I can't make decisions based on that argument because we would never have anyone ever at practice and then you would be very mad at me as a as a parent when it wasn't your turn to miss Right. Parents are always okay with their kid missing practice. But if I just go, yeah, if I just let kids miss willy nilly all season long, then the parents would remove their one time that they miss from practice or five times they miss from practice. They would remove their absences from the equation and go, but you let this kid miss, this kid miss, this kid miss, this kid miss. Why did you let so many kids miss practice? Oh, well, your kid missed practice too. Yeah, but it was for something important. Yeah, everyone thinks they have something important going on. Everyone, no one comes to practice and just says, we just need a personal day. That, no one's just saying, we just need a day off. Everyone has something going on. And, and so I totally understand that your kid never misses. I totally understand that. But the judges don't care. And other parents don't care when it's not their kid. So that's like, I can't willingly allow, cheerfully go, yes, everyone misses much practice as you want. We're going to be okay. The fact of the matter is, we're not going to be okay if kids miss practice. You know? I get it. I catch your drift. I get so many emails of kids are going to miss. You don't believe how many emails I just get on absences per day. I don't want to imagine because I've, you know, with the girls having, you know, cheering at some of the games for their middle school yeah. team, I feel bad sending a, hey, coach, just a reminder, the girls are leaving yeah. early today. And I'm like, I've, I've, I think to myself, I have never emailed Jason this many times in all the seasons we've had. Mm as opposed to just this one season and it's only a couple months. So I can only imagine. And I get them 
again, you don't understand how many of those emails I get a day that say, hey, she's sick, she can't be at practice. And so I don't keep track of me personally. And there might be other gyms where your numbers are smaller, so you're able to keep track. Like, oh, Susie misses a lot. But we get so many emails a day. As soon as I find out what team she's on, I let the coaches know, hey, Susie's going to be missing from Tiny's today. Hey, Jess is going to be missing from seniors today. You know, whoever's going to be missing from this team. So I just send them off. So I don't really have time to like register who is missing. So I just know that kids are missing or whatever. So I guess that's the thing. I'm not really keeping track of who's doing it because so many come in. I just know, unless it's a kid that I actually like coach and I that has an impact on me specifically, right? Hey, Ray Lynn's missing. Hey, Raylin missed last practice. Hey, Raylin's going to miss again. Hey, Raylin missed. That was like, hey, Raylin's going to miss again. Now I specifically know, but we have so many of these other teams that I don't coach specifically where the names just keep coming in where I'm just like, oh, we have so many kids. Like I'm not like really keeping track of like how many absences individual kids are having where I go, oh yeah, you never miss. I just go, another kid on senior block is missing. Another kid here. Like, are we going to have all our sun groups today? I don't know. Okay. So I'm not keeping track to the individuals as much as someone would probably guess unless I just see a name that just keeps coming up and I'm like, Hey, what's going Is this kid? Okay. You need to take her to the hospital or something. Yeah. You might get that checked out. <laughs> her name comes up more often than I, that I've seen, you know, anyway, people share this podcast with your friends. B we've got a great thing going here. We're in here disagreeing with each other. This is what the people wanted to hear. You disagree with me. Miss, me disagree with you. You stand up for the parents. Me stand up for the coaches. Share this with a parent. Share this with a coach. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Make a donation. Until next time, five, six, seven, eight. We're, we're out. out. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week. Gym owners, directors, coaches, can you relate to this? You say to yourself, this season is going to be different. We're going to get all of our teams on the same page. Or maybe you're saying we're going to get all of our coaches on the same page. You look out as the teams are practicing or maybe as they are competing and you know you can do more. Let me help you. I work with several gyms, large and small, each season, whether it's the summer and we do a coach's clinic or a stunt camp, or it's during the season and we do an in-person routine cleaning. I even do routine video reviews if you're just looking for some thorough feedback of the routine. You send me your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with everything I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have worked with have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or you can DM me on Instagram at jasonlarkins.